Howdy, y'all. I'm Justin. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift and her music. Yeehaw. Hello. Welcome back to Cowboys Like Us, the only podcast that will never give up the funk. The police have come and begged us to give it up, but we shan't. They have threatened us with jail time, but we will not be defunct. That's what that word means, I think. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> yep. I'm not a I'm not a dictionary expert, but pretty sure. We have no way of knowing <laughs> what words mean. You yeah. know? Well, no, I didn't no way to look it up. It's really more of a vibe language. Words are vibes. Yeah. yeah. Today we are talking about we are never, ever getting back together. The debut single from Red. But first, we got some pod business to take care of. Namely, a comment from Mac on our Red episode from this past week. Mac. Yep. Friend of the pod, Mac, said, quote, Just started listening. I'm sure I will love it, whether I agree or not. On your song take, love the main host, the guests, and pod gremlin, who I hope to hear more on every episode. I made this joke in the staff chat and I'm gonna make it again. Mac is the Pod Gremlins altar trying to get themselves in every episode as a third host. Mm -hmm. We see it and we're not gonna tolerate it. <laughs> I was like, and what? Although, spoiler <laughs> alert, the Gremlin may be making an appearance later on in this episode and she may bring a child she found. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. But first, we have some poll results. Exile, the people voted, and you gave it a nine. And I just want to say, this is why voting is important, children. Somebody gave it a four. Some piece of human garbage who we love because they listen to this podcast. Uh -huh. But... They contain multitudes, as we all do, okay? All God's children, etc. But they voted wrong and gave it a four, which was enough to pull the average down to a nine. Should have been a ten. Instead, it's a nine. We still got more tens than we'd ever seen. Just the poll where people just ten, ten, ten everywhere. And yet, it's a nine. Don't skip the polls. Vote every episode. Make your opinion count. I'm just here to say that y'all need to stop hating on the person that gave it a four so much. Because they really out here got my back. That y'all like the song, but it's just alright. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Before the divorce proceedings <laughs> Let's get into some news. News from around the Taylorverse. Tavis went to Baltimore this past weekend. The Chiefs were playing the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Travis got off the plane in Baltimore wearing all black. Hashtag Rep TV confirmed. Leading some Swifties like him to believe he was teasing a Rep TV announcement. Y'all wouldn't have been able to handle the group chat with how much Rep TV confirmed was going back and forth between me and the Gremlin. Yep. It's kind of a joke, also kind of not. <laughs> but we don't have anything yet. Anyway... 
At the press conference on Friday, Travis was asked about the media attention on his relationship and how it affects it. And he said, quote, as long as we're happy, we can't listen to anything that's outside noise. That's all that matters, you know, their own happiness internally. That's true. I feel you, King. I, too, have haters, you know, <laughs> but I tune them out and I keep doing me, you know. Went, <laughs> I was hoping for some, some, some backup there, but I didn't get it, so all right. <laughs> like what? You know, you're going to say, it's true, you know. Oh, yeah, you're the bestest one. Yeah, everybody's out here hating on you, but they just, you know. Nobody's out here hating on you, homie. <laughs> Calm down. You're a diamond, and everybody hate to see you shining. You are a diamond, but nobody's hating on you. <laughs> when Taylor arrived at the stadium, <laughs> she was also wearing black. Her friend, Brittany Mahomes, was wearing a black and white overcoat. Hashtag rep TV confirmed. Travis, during the game... Broke Jerry Rice's record for career postseason catches. For those of you who aren't super into football, Jerry was that dude. He still holds records for most career catches, most career receiving yards, most career receiving touchdowns, most career total touchdowns, and most career all-purpose yards. Here's a fun poll that I like to break out when I can. The NFL all-time standings for receiving yards in your 40s. So players in their 40s catching the ball. Jerry Rice is number one with 2,169 yards. Tom Brady is number two with six yards. At third is me, Kimberly, you the listener, and every other person that's ever lived except for Brett Favre. Because we all have zero and Brett Favre has negative two. <laughs> so he's in fourth all alone. Just a fun little fact for you. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Brett. Yep. Travis had a good game. He finished with 11 catches for 116 yards and a touchdown as the Chiefs won 17 to 10. They will now face the San Francisco... San Francisco! San Francisco 49ers! <laughs> 49ers! They will face the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl on Sunday, February 11th. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday. When you're listening to this, the Super Bowl is this coming up Sunday. Yes, that's right. Our this Sunday will have passed. Yes. As we record. So, yeah. As we know, we've heard from a lot of people about Tavis and their thoughts. Is Taylor ruining the NFL, etc., etc., etc.? Well, we heard from someone else this week. Mr. J.J. Watt, the former NFL star, came to Taylor's defense, proving he is a woke king, as we knew, saying, I think it's great. I can't understand why people are so upset about it. I mean, they show celebrities at games all the time. Don't act like we don't show male celebrities at games all the time. I don't really understand why it's caused such an uproar. I mean, she's literally there supporting her significant other, and that's what you should do as a significant other. So I think that's great. Sweet, sweet, sweet baby JJ. Sweet baby JJ. You're so close. The reason why they're acting like this is because she has a vagina. It's because she's a woman. They don't like that. They're so sad. Somebody said it. It might have been Pat McAfee. Or somebody else, but somebody in the sports world said they are only upset because they could never score something as wonderful as Taylor Swift. It's true. You know, Travis is a diamond. They hate to see him shining, much like me. And I agree with the first part. (laughs) (laughs) So, JJ has weighed in. The world is waiting to see what TJ Watt says. And no (laughs) one cares what Derek has to say. 
so <laughs> skip this one out, bud. It's fine. He sits out most of them, you know. Sad Derek noises. Sad Derek noises. The NFL? Is it rigged? Well, conservative pundits across the internet believe so. The Taylor Swift as a psyop conspiracy continues to gather steam amongst certain right-wing chodes, with some going so far as to say that the NFL is rigging games specifically so that the Chiefs win, so Taylor can then endorse Biden at the Super Bowl, and in doing so, give him the 2024 election. That's wild. I haven't heard the Biden part, election stuff, mm-hmm. political aspect. I have heard that the NFL is rigging the games for the Chiefs because then Taylor will go to the Super Bowl and then they will make more money off of showing her at the Super Bowl. That is slightly more believable, but right. still a little bit nuts. But anyway, the right-wing theory is batshit, and it would be tempting to write it off as the lunatic fringe doing what lunatic fringe does. But Mr. Jared Holt, a researcher who studies extremism and disinformation, says maybe we shouldn't do that because, quote, the individuals and outlets spreading conspiracy theories about Taylor Swift sound ridiculous because they are exactly that, but they are also among the leading sources of information for modern conservatives, and they have the financial backing of Republican elites to spread exactly this kind of nonsense. To me, it's a sign of just how far gone and unconcerned with reality conservative media is today, and it makes you wonder what they're actually trying to accomplish here. Jared knows. Yeah, that is precisely it, Jared. Thank you. Yep, and we'll leave that there. We'll leave that there. I can't really top what Jared said, so we'll leave his statement to stand. Well, I will say a little bit more football things. Taylor did go down on the field after the game, after the Chiefs won. Yep. We got some high-quality pics and videos of some smooches and some hugs. And some I love yous. And some conversations, including some I love yous. We've discussed before that they had been together far long enough to justify them having had said I love you and it not being a big deal. However, that did not stop me from running into the other room, freaking out like a little girl when I saw the video where she very obviously says I love you to him. The very first one I saw, I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. She sort of burst through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Precisely. And I was like, they said I love you. (laughs) (laughs) And Travis said, I love you so much, it isn't funny. Yeah. And she said, I've never been more proud of anyone ever. Or something like that. Something like that. They're in love. Isn't it sweet? I think so. It's so cute. I can't handle it. The Grammys. They're coming up. As you are listening to this, the Grammys will have been last night. Yesterday. Yep. There were reports on Sunday, this past Sunday, that Taylor would be performing at the Grammys. But Entertainment Tonight has since confirmed that that is a false rumor. Taylor will be in attendance, though. So, yeah. She's nominated for some awards, correct? I believe so. And so the question mark is, she, she has the Grammys. The Eras Tour starts back up next week. Yep, headed to Tokyo. And the Super Bowl. So are we going to see Travis at the Grammys with her? This is an opportunity for them to make their red carpet debut together. Mm-hmm. Or are they going to wait until the People's Choice Awards when they're both up for awards? I, you know, very doubtful that he'll fly out to Tokyo for her show. But will she be back for the Super Bowl? You have to assume so. But the timeline is really tight because her last show in Tokyo is literally the night before... The Super Bowl 
she has to fly backwards in time <laughs> to get to the Super Bowl. It's a whole thing, and I have an outline of the itinerary, but I feel like everyone would fall asleep on me if I try to explain it. <laughs> yeah. The long story short is the International date line means it's probably going to be fun. It's doable, but Taylor, weirdly enough, loses a day, but it also works out in her favor because 2024 is a leap year, so there's an extra day. So actually... On a year that's a leap year, Taylor Swift, of all people, gets 365 days, where the rest of us get 366. Yep, it's true. There's time travel involved. Don't yeah. don't think about it too much. It'll hurt your head. She's a time traveler. Yep. The AI controversy. Got an update on that. X temporarily suspended the ability for users to search Taylor's name in an effort to cut off access to the illicit AI images that were circulating. They've also been deleting posts of people sharing them and banning those users. According to a statement, quote, posting non-consensual nudity images is strictly prohibited on X, and we have a zero-tolerance policy towards such content. We're closely monitoring the situation to ensure that any further violations are immediately addressed and the content is removed. We're committed to maintaining a safe and respectful environment for all users. I think this is the best thing that has come out of Elon Musk owning Twitter. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of expect him to go, ha ha, lol. Yeah, Because exactly. that's what he does with everything. Yeah, and this is actually like a genuine like response. Yep, like and a corporation act- would do. Yeah, they took action, which is really shocking. One thing that may have contributed to that very professional response was a statement from White House Press Secretary... Karine Jean-Pierre, the U.S. government, they're very concerned. She said, quote, We are alarmed by the reports of the circulation of images that you just laid out, of false images to be more exact, and it's alarming. While social media companies make their own independent decisions about content management, we believe they have an important role to play in enforcing their own rules to prevent the spread of misinformation and non-consensual intimate imagery of real people. Elon and the boys responded and did the thing. So good for them. Yeah. Speaking of social media drama, Universal Music Group is involved in some with TikTok. The billion dollar corporations are fighting. Universal Music Group has pulled out. They pulled all their music from TikTok, which of course would include Taylor Swift's post-label switch material from TikTok. UMG says TikTok is trying to severely underpay on licensing fees for using music, offering just a fraction of what other social media platforms pay. While TikTok claims that that's a bunch of BS and UMG is just being greedy and denying their artists a great opportunity for exposure and to get new fans. Yeah, I don't know. I tend to not not believe either of these giant mega-million corporations. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the answer, is that rich assholes are fighting over who should get the most more money yep they're not and gonna I give just, us any yeah i just don't care <laughs> yeah mom and dad are fighting and it means we don't get what we like so yeah. fun let's move on to chart watch on the billboard artist 100 taylor is still number one on the billboard hot 100 singles chart cruel summer rose one spot at number two is it over now stay put at number 17 on the billboard top 200 albums chart 1989 Taylor's version, down one spot at number six. Midnight's stayed put at 11. Folklore is down four to number 12. 
Reputation up three to number 19. Speak Now TV down one to number 26. Evermore down one to number 27. Red TV down five to number 33. 1989 Stolen dropped six spots to number 69. Nice! <laughs> and Fearless TV dropped 13 spots to number 70. Hell yeah, 13. Yep, the bad 13, but still. Well, whatever. <laughs> and now, I think it's time to go back once again to the surf and visit Kimberly's Clown Corner. Kimberly's Clown Corner. All right. This week, we're going to do a little bit of Super Bowl hype. Kansas City Chiefs headed into the Super Bowl against the San Francisco 49ers or whatever you call them. <laughs> San Francisco 49ish. And in honor of that, we're going to talk a little bit about Tavis, or Trailer, as I like to call them, or <laughs> TNT, as they seem to be calling themselves, which I adore. That's pretty good. It's a good nickname. So anyway, we're going to talk about some conspiracies that come from the early days of their relationship, but some of them are still pretty alive and well. Clowning through time. Clowning through time. So most, my main source was Wired.com, just to cover my booty. <laughs> <laughs> so, first conspiracy, Taylor is trying to tank the chief. If this conspiracy is true, she's not doing a good job. That's what I was going to say. But obviously, because Taylor was raised a Philadelphia Eagles fan, the only reason she would date a Kansas City player would be to sabotage their game. Mm. Some people feel like this has been disproved because of the commitment to the Chiefs from the whole Swift clan. And the fact that the Chiefs keep winning. And the fact that the Chiefs are just a go football team. (laughs) However, some Chiefs fans still feel like Taylor is causing the Chiefs issues, as we've talked about. Because they hate women. They They may not think she's doing it in favor of the Eagles, but there are still a few who blame any little mistake the team makes on her presence at the game, as we know. I think that one is pretty easily debunked. I think so. <clears throat> the next conspiracy I think is also pretty easily debunked, but we'll see how you feel. All right. She's actually trying to date Jason, not Travis. <laughs> That's just silly on its face, is what that is. She's trying to get with a married man with three children. And he's a lineman, so he needs to be. It's, a, it's business fat. But he is fat, and Travis is built like Zeus. That's true. If that's important to her. I don't know if it is. Honestly, I was listening to their podcast earlier, and they were talking about, they were talking about Mario, the game, and I, I started picturing them. They were specifically talking about Wario and Waluigi, mm-hmm. and I started picturing them as Wario and Waluigi, and I was like, yeah, that, that works. <laughs> that works. Yep. Anyway, early on, there were some bozos. <laughs> Who thought that maybe Taylor was such a diehard Eagles fan. She was just using Travis to get to Jason Kelsey. Not quite sure how Kylie Kelsey felt about this rumor. But seeing as we have no evidence of Taylor even meeting Jason and Kylie at the time of this writing. They had not met yet. Now, in history, they have. But at the time, you know, they hadn't even met. So I think it's safe to say that that's a stupid rumor. (laughs) Here's the thing for that, too. Taylor Swift is at a point in her life where she doesn't need to do all this chicanery. Taylor can just, I feel, 
pretty confident in saying, be like, hey, this, you, person, I'm Taylor Swift and I think we should bang. And they'll be like, yep, I think so. Yeah, sure, of course. Who wouldn't? Most people, I think, would do it. Yeah, but... So she doesn't need to get sneaky. But, also, we've talked about before that Taylor, you know, she's not innocent. I'm not by any means trying to say that she's a perfect person and that she's perfect in every relationship she's ever been in and she's never cheated on anybody or anything like that. I do not feel as though she is a homewrecker in any way, shape, or form. She's not going to go after a married man. I'm not a perfect person. I never meant to do those things to you. <laughs> a little bit of hooba stank for you. <laughs> stank. Anyway, uh, I just really don't feel as though she would go after a married person. Doesn't seem like her brand. Nah. All right, moving on from that ludicrous statement. Yep. Luda. She wanted to outshine Kim K announcing the Super Bowl performer is the only reason she and Travis got to, is what these people are claiming. When Taylor and Travis's relationship became public, the NFL leaned into it hard to the distaste of many NFL fans, even to this day. This was also around the same time that the NFL had Kim Kardashian announce Usher as the 2024 Super Bowl halftime performer. People began to speculate that Taylor started dating Travis because she knew everyone would make a big deal out of it, and that would take away the spotlight from Kim Kardashian with the announcement. This is such a stretch because the NFL would have been have to have been in on it, on Taylor's scheme, and sabotage their own announcement just to help her get back at Kim Kardashian? No way the entire NFL is that big of a Swifty. <laughs> also, does anyone care who makes the announcement? Like, who's playing, I guess, sure, but yeah. not who makes the announcement. Right. Who made the last announcement? Does anyone know? Spoiler alert, they do not. Not a single soul can tell you. If the NFL in its entirety were that big of Swifties, they would have just chosen someone else for the announcement and not given it to Kim. They could have just let Taylor do it. Exactly. Yep. I believe this whole situation is pure coincidence. I also think that the NFL's excitement around Tavis is solely rooted in their spike in viewership. Viewers equal money. They like money. They also probably tried to use it to sway her to be the Super Bowl performer, but I've shared my theory on that one. 2025, baby, that's the year. (laughs) Yep. The numbers mean they were destined to be together. Is that a different theory? Yes. This is a new theory. Got it. The numbers. Numerology says it was meant to be. Oh, boy. Do you like numbers? Nope. Justin doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I literally put that in my notes. Do you believe numbers affect your life spiritually? Justin doesn't. Nope. (laughs) Taylor and Travis were both born in 1989. Travis's jersey number is 87, and Taylor's lucky number is 13. Yep. Add them together and you get a perfect 100. Take that however it speaks to you. Justin thinks it's BS. (laughs) I mean, yeah. It's it's true that 13 plus 87 does equal 100. (laughs) And as we know, that means love. 100. So again, some of these conspiracy theories are from back at the beginning of their relationship. So one of the theories was also, she was just trying to deflect attention from the Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas divorce situation. Kerfuffle. 
Their theory is that Taylor is such a dedicated friend that she specifically began dating Travis and made the relationship public just to deflect media from Sophie Turner and Joe Jones' divorce. I think Taylor is probably a really awesome friend, but if this was her plan, I don't feel like it really worked because we definitely still heard a lot about the divorce. <laughs> Ain't nobody riding that hard for the second worst member of House Dark. Ain't nobody. <laughs> Who's number one? Rick on. Oh, Rick on. Mr. Run Straight and no zigzag. <laughs> yeah, so we've definitely still heard a lot about the divorce, the mediation agreement that followed the filing, and have still seen things about Sophie's love life since things quiet down, quieted down. I think the main thing Taylor did to support her friend was give her a place to stay local to her children. Not sure that Sophie would ask Taylor to fabricate a whole relationship on top of that. Yep, wouldn't make sense to me. Some of the... More higher quality NFL fans think that she's dating Travis because she just needs new album material. Definitely haven't heard that one before. It reminds me of a quote from a Florence and the Machine song called King in which Florence says you need to go to war to find new material to sing. Yep. Apt, <laughs> says the imaginary listener to this podcast. <laughs> wow, Justin, you are wise and full of wisdom. Taylor's only in it for the songs. No matter the relationship you're going to have, the people who accuse Taylor of this, she's running out of good song material and just gets into relationships in order to restock on inspiration. Usually these people are the same ones who say that she only writes breakup songs, which we all know is incorrect. But also, if this was the case, I bet we would get some of the best songs yet out of this relationship. Yep. If it ends up blowing up, considering it's been so public. Yeah. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. In the worst way, it's going to hurt me so bad. I was to say I don't want it, but it would no, be spicy. It's going to hurt me so bad, but it'd be so good. And last but not least, all she wanted to do was sell some movie tickets. <laughs> In what world does anyone actually believe that Taylor Allison Swift needs the assistance of Travis Kelsey or the NFL or anyone in order to sell tickets of any kind? Were all of these people asleep during the Great Ticketmaster War of 2022? Swifties show up no matter what. Taylor put out puts out 13 different versions of one album and we buy them all. She doesn't require assistance when it comes to capitalism. She's got it on lock. Yeah, Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift. If she chooses to associate with you, she's doing you the favor, not the other way. You ain't helping her out. Exactly. That's why all these people who are like, she's only in it for Travis's money. She is a billionaire. With a B. With a B. Well, anyway, there's just some fun things. Going into the Super Bowl, we all know they're stupid and have no substance. All right. Thank you, Kimberly. All right. Now it's time for our song of the week. We are never, ever getting back together. And we are joined by two familiar guests. Pod Gremlin, Madeline, and junior friend of the pod, Charlie. Heyo. Hi. I'm back for the third time, I think. Yep. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yay. I'm like a mainstay now. <laughs> <laughs> Recurring character. Same thing. Some facts about this song. It was originally released as a single on August 13th, 2012. Two months prior to Red's release, it was the debut single. The first yeah. taste of Red that the world got. I remember it. I don't. <laughs> it was written by Taylor Swift, Max Martin, and Showback, and produced 
by the same. It charted at number one on the Hot 100. It was Taylor's first number one on the Hot 100. Wow. Yep. It was also number one on the U.S. Hot Country Songs chart. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Despite not being a country song. That's because Red hadn't come out yet, and everyone still thought she was a country singer. I know, that's what I was going to say. Red was that weird album where it was hard to really tell what she was doing. (laughs) All I'm saying is, if this song was a country song enough to be on the chart, then the original version of Old Town Road was too. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Ray Cyrus' inclusion was not mandatory. I mean, I... (laughs) (laughs) How the turns have tabled. Yeah. Wow. Certifications? The single was certified six times platinum in the U.S., five times platinum in Australia, double platinum in the U.K. and New Zealand, platinum in Sweden, Germany, and Denmark, and gold in Canada, Mexico, Italy, and Japan, a worldwide smash hit. And it won some awards. It received Top Country Song at the Billboard Music Awards, again, despite not being a country song. (laughs) Got Best Breakup Song at the Radio Disney Music Awards. I see what you're doing, Bob Iger. Hitting Swifty without us knowing it. I mean, we already know Mark Zuckerberg. We do know Mark Zuckerberg. (laughs) It also received Choice Country Song at the Teen Choice Awards. And the big one, World's Best Song at the World Music Awards. Who decides that? I wouldn't go that. It's actually sponsored by the crown prince of Monaco. Okay. Uh, yeah. mm. little fun fact. What's Taylor said about this song? Taylor said, it's a definitive portrait of how I felt when I finally stopped caring about what my ex thought of me. He made me feel like I wasn't as good or as relevant as these hipster bands he listened to. So I made a song that I knew would absolutely drive him crazy when he heard it on the radio. Not only would it hopefully be played a lot so that he'd have to hear it, but it's the opposite of the kind of music that he was trying to make me feel inferior inferior to. Ha, back and forth. That's perfect. I love that so much because I mean, it, it came true. This song got so much radio play. When I was telling my husband that we were going to record tonight, he asked what our topic was, what song we were doing. And this is one of the ones he could name because it is one that has been burned into everyone's memory. Yeah, it's that influential. Yep. Energy as gives you hell by All American Rejects. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And the fact that this and I knew you, you were trouble on this, um, they were on the same album. That's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it was a crazy time. It was a crazy time. I bet. I do enjoy that she specifically like came out and said, I made this song as annoying as possible for one reason and one reason alone. And that was to annoy this man who thought he was better than me. Yeah. She said, I'm going to make an earworm. You got to fight the haters. Yep. You think you can go around the world to Japan and not hear it? (laughs) It'll be there too. What about the critical reception? Do the critics like this song? Well, a songwriter called it funny bitingly self-aware entertainment weekly said it has an undeniable instantly catchy hook but the song's juvenile sensibilities mark a regression from speak now can i say this one said the hooks plural have a zing that's more stockholm than nashville but it's unmistakably taylor 
a witty relationship postmortem delivered in inimitable girly girl patois. Welcome to Ken Struggles with Words. <laughs> That's my life, Charlie. A teen dream in the vein of Swift's other sing-along jams like Love Story or You Belong With Me. Country Universe says, a huge step backward. It makes two critical errors. The first and most fatal is it's far too dependent on oohs and ooh ooh oohs, and Swift is simply terrible at singing them. Not, not satisfactory, not mediocre, flat out terrible. Then there is further error of alternating the singing with her talking like a snarky teenager, which is irritating in its juvenility. It doesn't help that she's not working with a strong composition to begin with, but if she downplayed the sarcastic delivery, the grating vocal runs, this would be a decent record. As is, it's only listenable for its sheer audacity, a novel that wears off quickly after a handful of listens. Was that my was that my English teacher just giving me <laughs> some some like bad talk on my essay? What was that? Oh, it really is a song. It is a song. That Chill. was that was like a solid three hundred words of sass for no reason from Country Universe. Yep. And before Welcome. before we lose it, I think Charlie's quote was from Slate. I didn't write it in the doc for some reason. Oh, okay. but I'm pretty sure it was Slate. Gotcha. Thanks, Justin. You're welcome. All right, Jesse, MTV. Oh, yeah. MTV called it a fantastic song custom crafted to dominate radio. There's some positivity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pop Crush said one of the catchiest tunes Taylor's ever penned. Slant said Swift's performance is a complete misfire. For once, it isn't even a matter of her unreliable sense of pitch. Her tone is at its most unpleasant and nasal. The bits of spoken dialogue that punctuate the track bring to mind her unwatchable turn in the already unwatchable Valentine's Day. <laughs> Every aspect of her performance is flat and unconvincing. I think we should show him the Taylor's version. Ah, amazing. <laughs> you can't go back in time and show him the Taylor's version. There has, history has to happen in between that. That is solid sass from Slant. Yep. Also, she is in so little of Valentine's Day, but like it's unwatchable for other reasons, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> what? It feels like a deep cut now, but it was relevant at the time. Yeah. Washington Post said the chorus is catchy, but if this is representative of what awaits on Red, it's hard to be excited. Oof. <laughs> Duh. Newsday says anthemic in a slick, poppy way. And CBS News just said, catchy i <laughs> guess they didn't want to leave a full review yeah can't ask for more than that from cbs news to be honest and at least it wasn't taste of country taste of country right swift captures the anchor of young love gone wrong better than anyone else but well taylor swift she is the duchess of disdain i like that nickname <laughs> i do too especially coming fresh off of speak now like solid yep and despite some very harsh savagings from some critics it still made several year-end lists. It was number two on Rolling Stones' list, number four on Times, number five on The Guardians, number six on The Village Voice, 11 on Pop Matters, 24 on yeah. Ian, and 40 on Consequence. Yes, Pop Does Matter. Perfect name. <laughs> <laughs> what about the fans? Do they like this song? Big Boy Rob. Oh, Rob not this guy it. again. <laughs> Every it. episode. Rob ranked it number 25 out of 243. Wow. Charlie, you want to read his 
quote, her funniest breakup jam because it's her most self-mocking. She should have made the guy in this song a shady creep, a cheater, a liar, a scarf stealer, etc. But no, he's just a needy little run-of-the-mill basket case, exactly like her, making the same complaints about her to his own bored friends. Though his, com- though his complaints can't be as catchy as this chorus. <laughs> I think we might have... A whole group of Swifties sending nukes to this guy's location. <laughs> he rated it really high, though. I'm surprised he rated it so high. Yeah. Yeah, didn't, didn't he rank style, like, last? Bad blood. Uh, bad blood. Okay. Well, Where R did... slash Taylor Swift ranked it to number 27 out of 29 tracks in the red Taylor's version Survivor. Only ahead of Girl at Home and Stay, Stay, Stay. That's yeah, too stay, low. stay, 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 stay's a good song. And girl, too low. this song is divisive. That's what I gather. Mm-hmm. Some people like it and some people hate it worse than Hitler. So no. <laughs> it seems like there is no middle ground on this song. Right. But we might get into where we fall in a minute. But for now, let's go to lyrics. Yay. Verse number one. I remember when we broke up the first time saying, this is it. I've had enough. Because, like, we hadn't seen each other in a month when you said you needed space. What? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> then you come around again and say, baby, I miss you and I swear I'm going to change. Trust me. Remember how that lasted for a day? I say, I hate you. We break up. You call me. I love you. Great forward verse. The interesting thing to me is that almost the whole song is in first person directly to a second person. Uh, Taylor is talking to you the whole time, basically. Presumably you is Jake Gyllenhaal, although we don't know definitively, I guess. But, like, it is. <laughs> she won't come out and say, but it is. And also, why do people lie? Just be like, yeah, I'm a real sack of shit, and probably will be forever. Probably <laughs> if we stay broken up. Why are you torturing your child bride, Mr. Gyllenhaal? The world wants to know. Justin, I feel like this my is ears, every relationship. Justin, my ears need to be protected. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, Jake and Taylor barely had any chemistry. Also, the to chemistry. imagine them having that like middle school childhood as arguing over the phone, I hate you, break up, call me, waiting for him to call you back, crap. That's so childlike. And he was grown. Wasn't he like, 30-something? Taylor was 20 and Jake was 30. Right. Ew! Is this the new modern-day Mick Jagger? Ew! Uh, no, Charlie, that is honestly giving Jake Gyllenhaal a lot of credit that he doesn't deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-chorus, Justin. Get into them ooze. I want to hear you read them ooze. Okay. But I like the ooze. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to do. <laughs> Without singing it. Yeah, honestly. It no, you just have to read it. Read it flat. We pulled it off again last night, but ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> this time, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Okay, so they're stuck in a loop. Right? <laughs> and Taylor says that does. It seems like this is a pattern she routinely finds herself in in relationships. This sort of 
why are we still doing this over and over and over and over again? And it's like, girl, have some agency. You know, if you don't like the loop you're stuck in, get out of it. I do feel like she's she trying. <laughs> she that's the whole point. Justin, have you listened to this song before? This that's the whole Charlie, we're breaking it down. <laughs> I feel okay. like the other songs that we have talked about that are like this, where she wrote them. And it's like, I'm tired of doing the same old thing all the time. All come from the same part of her life, though. So it's very obvious. She didn't know what she was doing when she was 19, 20. <laughs> but what, none, none of us. None of us. Yeah, but why is this giving middle school relationships? Charlie, that's the rest of your life. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not supposed to be. Not when you're 30. And that's why Jake Jill was a dirty pedophile. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Exactly. He, got, he, he took the Jared from Subway route. <laughs> yeah we did well let's go to the chorus we are never ever ever getting back together we are never ever ever getting back together you go talk to your friends talk to my friends talk to me but we are never ever 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 getting back together like ever interesting that it implies he could and has probably talked his way back into the relationship via their friends in the past that's a move he's He's pulled out. I'm not sure exactly how this worked. Is it like middle school? Like Charlie was saying? I guess you can tell Taylor that I still kind of like her, even though she's a total bitch or whatever. Is it exactly. Like that? that happens at my school all the time. But they're like, supposed to be 20 and 30. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, he could be going to her friends, like, planting the seed of, like, sort of manipulating them into being, to being on his side, which is how I see him as, like, a pretty master manipulator. Mm-hmm. Having it's, coffee with her dad like he's on a late night show. Exactly. But, like, persuading them to be like, oh, shouldn't you give him another chance? Like, is what he did really that bad? And then Taylor is, you know, is second guessing herself being like... Well, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about and everybody knows what's better for me because friends will do that to you. <laughs> really? That's why you gotta make friends with the right people. Indeed. Verse number two. I'm really gonna miss you picking fights and me falling for it, screaming that I'm right. And you would hide away and find your peace of mind with some indie record that's much cooler than mine. Sarcasm. Am I right? The last line of defense when dealing with an instigator. He provokes Taylor into screaming at him. So that he can then turn around and play the victim. Oh my God, you're so dramatic. You know, yelling at me all the time, verbally abusive. Narcissist. To me, that Taylor dates pretentious twats who think (laughs) her music is lame. Just shows that her partner doesn't respect who she is and what she does. Yeah. Yeah. She falls for that one. You see, this is why we like Travis. This is why we like Travis. (laughs) That is true. He is pretty surface level. Travis is a grown is. man who knows what he wants and doesn't play with children. <laughs> he also not likes dirty. her music. <laughs> yes, he's not likes her music, which is awesome. Yeah, and I guess whenever Taylor Swift dates someone, she ruins something. Taylor, they're saying Taylor Swift ruined football. Taylor Swift ruined Jake Gyllenhaal with this, or who he supposes Jake Gyllenhaal basically calling him out. And that's on misogyny. <laughs> Yep, that's a thing you probably already know, sadly. But if not, you'll learn in, in due time that society hates women. So yeah, oh heck yeah, there's a whole song about it. it's called yeah. the man. <laughs> it's called the man. <laughs> can, can you imagine fighting and then him being like, "I'm gonna go play some indie record," and it's something so base, it's so surface level, and so common. And I 
listen to this band, so I'm not shitting on this band. But it's like a Modest Mouse album. And he's like, this is so much cooler than Fearless and Speak Now. I imagine that she like played him a new song and was like so excited about it. And he was like, that's not real music. You want to hear real music? And then played like the stupidest shit ever. Yeah. You've, yeah. You've heard like, on but have you listened to it? <laughs> like, it's like Panic at the Disco, but instead it's like the emo and goth kids for the indie kids. Yes, it is like that. <laughs> Bridge. I used to think that we were forever, ever, and I used to say, never say never. <laughs> So he calls me up and he's like, I still love you. And I'm like, I just mean, I mean, this is exhausting, you know? Like, we are never getting back together, like, ever. <laughs> Say it, Taylor. Seriously. This is the only point in the song where Taylor switches perspective. She's now talking to someone else, telling them the story from her own, you know, perspective. This is what happened. This is what he did. This is another, perhaps the first chronologic example of Taylor putting a spoken word interlude into a song. Not sure. I think so. It's meant to seem organic, like a real conversation, but it just like comes off a bit like annoying, you know? (laughs) We also talk about the, oh, was it 2014? 14. When she wore... Well, I don't even remember what she wore for the performance, but it was something cool. But anyway, she performed the song and she had just broken up with Harry Styles at the time. And she put on the worst British accent to do this bridge that anyone has ever heard <laughs> on the stage at a, a reward show. I've never seen that. <gasps> it's is it is it worse than Owl City's response to Enchanted? Is it worse than that? Like the response. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been better. <laughs> but it was very funny because One Direction was in the crowd. Mm, <laughs> was That's solid. I think this is, I think it's interesting that I, maybe on each of her albums, I don't know, I'm just thinking of a couple of, hand, of a handful of examples in my head. Taylor really liked going with the phone call thing. She tells a lot of stories about being on the phone or people talking on the phone or physically actually talking on the phone in the song or, you know, the symbolism with the, how long the voicemail was. This, she was a phone girly. She is truly of the 90s time, the 90s to aught time of growing up on a tiny, really? oh. blossoming cell phone. Oh, all the Taylor Swift songs I can remember having cell phone intake in them is, you belong with me, this, and me. That's all I remember. Maybe I'm missing something. Well, and look what you made me do. She says the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. And it oh, oh, I forgot. Like about a that. voicemail message. Yeah. And I was referring and, to the breakup voicemail with Joe Jonas. Right. That's referenced in a couple of songs on Fearless. And and then, what is it? Is it our song? No, not our song. One of the songs on debut talks about being on the phone. I don't remember. It is Mar- Mar- really? I thought it was Mary's song. Oh, no. Yeah, it is, because talk real love, Slate, and your mama don't know. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's yeah, it. And that's on being, like, that's on being, like, like, on a landline, or even a, a landline, like a cordless phone that you could sneak off into your room, or if you had a landline plug in your room. But, Charlie, uh, we are never, ever, 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 ever getting back together. Long, We haven't mentioned it yet. Longest title of all of Taylor's songs. What are your overall thoughts? My thoughts is, like, 
it's and it's popular. You know, it played on the radio for a while, a, a while, and I think it still does. Now, it's a really good song with lots of good symbolism. I mean, it's first on my Taylor Swift playlist for a reason. Personally, I really like it. And if I ever break up with someone, I think I might send them that. Mm-hmm. Nice. It really you know, gets in the Taylor Swift mindset, huh? We all need to be a little bit toxic sometimes. <laughs> what a goal. Madeline? I really like this song. Last episode, we featured Red. Kim mentioned how it feels like high school. And it feels like driving in the car with the windows down and the music up. This album came out our senior year, me and Kim, senior year of high school. And leaving the parking lot senior year and having red on in my, I don't drive, sitting in the passenger seat of one of my best friend's car. Jamming out to this song specifically was usually on at the point that uh, she was on when she got me after school. I didn't ride there with her. What? So I really liked this song back then. It, it really solidified the red album for me. It didn't get too overplayed for me because I went through a solid point in time where I wasn't listening to a lot of radio. So I feel like I kind of missed dodge that bullet a little bit. But I enjoy Yell singing this song. I like it. Since the Eras tour, it has been added to my drumming playlist. It's fun to drum along to. I love the Cam Saunders like ever and his like Nunca and all of his different little addendums throughout the tour. It's it's really uh, brought this song over the top for me. Okay. Kimberly? Much like with Shake It Off, this song was brutally murdered by the radio for me (laughs) it's fun and poppy but it makes me want to pull my hair out unless i'm in the perfect mood and that is rarely for this song um like i mentioned in our very first episode which is 22 i don't know that this album needed both songs i don't think 22 and this song needed to exist i like how pointed she was and how she wanted to make jake gyllenhaal she wanted to be his living nightmare but they sound, outside of content, they sound so similar that I don't know that they were both needed. Okay. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. The song is overplayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't agree with that. But the thing is, whenever you think of Red, 22 and We Are Never Getting Back Together is all people ever think of. So I don't feel like one or the other could fit on any, could fit on any other album. Valid. That is an interesting take. Yep. I, for me, I talked about it in the Shake It Off episode, right? Taylor occasionally likes to make these little little jokes about the image that she's created or had created for her by the media. And this is one of her first attempts at that. And I feel she's done it way more effectively since then. Probably, in my opinion, most effectively on Blank Space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this one just doesn't quite hit there. The Wii on the TV, the Taylor's version... It still sounds so weird and metallic and just not produced right. What the hell is that, Madeline? You know enough about things to know what that is. What is that? Uh, well, I, I couldn't tell you. I honestly have no idea. It's probably something digital. Let me find out who produced it. it no, was, it wasn't Jack. It was definitely something digital. It was Christopher Rowe. Yeah, I figured in the original it was just like a sort of like light auto-tune or something. Let's see. either way it does scratch your brain in the wrong way the second yeah the taylor's version of it is just so weird i don't know it doesn't it doesn't hit right yeah but in conclusion the song as a whole is just a is meh for me i don't i don't have strong feelings about it either way yeah i mean i like this song i mean it's fun to listen to it's just decent for me so i'd probably give it a seven out of ten 
I mean, it has good, funny, like not funny, but creative lyrics about it. Basically saying that I, I don't want to get, never mind. Basically just saying, hey, you're a jerk. I don't like you anymore. Valid, valid. I, uh, I give it an eight out of 10. Pretty high on there for me for Red. It's a lot of nostalgia. I straight up jam when it comes on. Fun to drum too. Like I said, I like to uh, play on my electric drum set and then have the song going on in my headphones so that it's a one band thing. I can straight up headbang to this song. It's getting an eight out of 10. I give it a three. <laughs> um, like I said to Madeline yesterday when we were talking about today's recording, I don't seek this song out. It seeks me out. It always finds me. I try to run and hide in the di- deep, dark corners <laughs> away from it, and it finds me like a murderer. <laughs> what a fun game of hide and seek. Mm-hmm. It does that. <laughs> so for me, it's a five, because like I say, it's just mad at me. It's very mid. I will say that recording this podcast and having to read the lyrics out loud really, really just hit home how dumb they are. And it made me <laughs> want to rank it even lower, but choose not to. I'm going to stick with the five. I think that is the right answer. And I'm just being emotional. So I'm going to stick with five. I had a very (laughs) thought process when we were reading Hmm. through like what Taylor said and the critical response and stuff. And I was sitting here thinking like, man, maybe I did this song a little too dirty. Like maybe I should have done it higher. And then when we got to the lyrics, I was like, no, I'm comfortable with the three. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even think the the lyrics are, are even it for me. It's definitely the music, but. (laughs) They're better too. If you'd like to tell us how you rate this song, you can do that in the episode description on Spotify. There will be a poll down there. There will also be polls on our various social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Threads, X, and TikTok. Also YouTube with all these full-length episodes, but you can't vote there. Yep. We're on all those places at C-B-L-U underscore podcast. Yay! That's right. Vote there. Kimberly, what song are we talking about next week? We're talking about Drum My Roll. Tears Ricochet. Yes. My Tears Ricochet from But that's next week. This week, I'd like to say another thank you to our guests, Madeline and Charlie, for being on. Thank you. I have fun when I do this. Thanks for being here, Charlie. Welcome. This is actually one of the times where I like socializing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad. We'll um, see you guys next time. All right. Yeah, see you guys. Bye. Bye. Pod Gremlin may be here. Thanks for listening to Cowboys Like Us. Follow us on all platforms at CBLU underscore podcast. You can find us on Instagram, X, the zombie Twitter, TikTok, and threads. We're now posting our episodes on YouTube. Head over there and like and subscribe. All of these links can be found in our link tree in the episode description. Thanks for supporting the pod. Y'all come back now, you hear?